0: Welcome to Taking Flight, episode 220. Today, John and I have a lot in store for today's show, so stay tuned and welcome to another episode. Once again, welcome to Taking Flight. It's uh, my pleasure to welcome my co-host, John, back. Welcome back, John.
1: Thank you. It's great to be back.
0: So I know that you and I have a lot to talk about. A lot has been happening in the past week. Um, A lot of great news and uh, some news that isn't all that great. As we all know, Israel has been under attack. And um, we're uh, praying for those involved and just hoping that things can uh, become peaceful again.
1: So... There's
0: a lot to talk about this week, isn't there, John?
1: Oh, yes, there is.
0: You know, that's, you know, one thing that is great about, you know, aviation is that aviation never gets old. There's always something happening out there and uh, always something new to talk about. And to get this, you know, this episode started, we, uh, I talked about not too long ago, um, about Peru, uh, Latam, you know, airlines, A320, that had a collision with a fire truck. Well, um, the final ruling has come out for exactly what happened. Um, I don't know if you heard about this, John, but uh, it happened on November 18, 18th, uh, between Lima and Jalaka. Uh, I'm not pronouncing that right. Kulaka, um, I guess, is how you would say that. Maybe um, a domestic service The aircraft was an Airbus A320neo, manufactured in 2017, and had covered a distance of approximately 1,200 meters at a speed of 243 kilometers an hour, and collided with a fire truck that had um, entered the runway without um, without clearance. They were executing a response time drill which they in turn became, you know, it became something, you know, real. It um, wasn't just a drill at that time. So just like, you know, aircraft, um, anybody driving on the air, you know, around the, you know, on the airport premises um, within the fenced area where the aircraft are taxing and stuff, you do need to get clearance from the tower just like an aircraft would. And we can obviously see why, as you know, the A321neo here have been cleared for landing, but the fire truck was not cleared to go across the runway, and in turn, um, there was a collision because the fire truck uh, failed to take the necessary safety precautions and get clearance. So the fire, tr- like I said, the fire truck did not receive any clearance from the control tower during response time drill. Overall, the chain of events leading to the dead the deadly accident originated from a lack of joint planning. So unfortunately, um, those in the fire truck did die. Um, it's, you know, it's sad that that had to happen, but, uh, you know, not following, you know, safety protocol and, you know, in contact with, you know, the the appropriate, uh, people uh, being the top that being in the tower, resulted in something that was, you know, avoidable. So the contributing factor is, as the case with every aviation accident, that not just one factor is the cause for an accident. Um, There are several contributing factors that lead to every accident and incident. The CIAA found 10 contributing factors that led to the accident taking place. One of the main contributing factors was the failure to hold a brief meeting between Lima International Airport and the Civil Aviation Authority after the first response time drill. They could have addressed protocol, enough procedural shortcomings and mistakes to improve and have better execution of the second response time drill, which is in time, which is when the accident took place. So, additionally, the airport authorities failed to, you know, provide, you know, the appropriate instructions to the control tower and emergency services for the execution of the second exercises. Um, This would have led the controllers to familiarize themselves with the location designation and operational functioning of a new aircraft and air vehicle taxiways in Lima. At the time, many works were many works were being made at Lima International as the country was building a second runway and a second terminal building to increase the overall capacity of Peru's largest and most important airports. And before the accident, the airport res- airport's rescue services um, were unanimously interrupted um, that the... Um, Oh, erroneously interpreted that the clearance to begin the response time exercises also included clearance to enter the runway. So mm-hmm. overall, um, the fire truck, um, uh, air, tra- uh, air traffic control authorized Latam's crew to depart from runway 16 six left. Sorry, they were departing; they weren't landing. Um, they were unaware that the second response time drill would would take place until minutes before it began. Therefore, they had no capacity to analyze that the possible risks and correctly control the air transit. So, John, this is not good at all. Obviously, the fire department failed, as we, you know, as I mentioned, to you know talk to the appropriate uh, people and let them know what was actually going on. What are your thoughts on this?
1: Well, for one, I, I did know about the accident, and I seen videos of it. Uh, I just didn't, I just didn't know what the final report had said. I do know that in the immediate interim uh, report is that they were blaming the pilots for uh, taking off. I guess they said that they should have known that the fire truck was going to be entering the runway, uh, but I didn't. I did not know or had heard of what the final report had said. Yeah. But I, I did know about the accident, and I had seen videos of it, and I was aware that it was a drill mm-hmm. that they were doing at the time.
0: Yeah. So, interestingly enough, I can't talk today. Um, su- supervisors in charge of the rescue vehicles, um, they w- was unaware of the takeoff approval and that the aircraft crew was unaware that the response time drill was taking place. At the same time, this all led to a terrible disaster. So, as I mentioned, um the war in uh, in israel um, british airways has suspended tel aviv flights after the Airbu- an airbus a350 uh, had a flight to nowhere basically it took off it wasn't able to land and so they had to, you know they couldn't continue on their you know their signed flight so the british airways flight from heathrow to israel diverted due to safety concerns uh, the British Airways flight diverted from Tel Aviv, Israel, as a safety situation in the country continued to worsen since Hamas, a group that the British government described as a milit- militant is- Islamist movement, attacked Israel from Gaza at- over the weekend. So it's you know sad what's going on over there, but uh, um, we'll hope hopefully. Uh, Things can, you know, get better over there, and uh, we'll see what happens. So, John, I know you have a couple things to talk about before I keep on talking. I, you know, this isn't just my podcast, it's your podcast as well. So, John, what do you have to, you know, bring to the episode?
1: All right. Well, I, I got a few things. Uh, one is American is seeking uh, uh, Tokyo Hanita slots to start JFK service, Uh, seven weekly slot pairings that soon will be vacated by Delta, which I've already said that I've never seen Delta fly that route between JFK and Tokyo Haneda, so I don't know what slots they're vacating. Uh, Also, Fort Lauderdale Airport begins construction of a fifth terminal. Um, I don't know too much about it. I just know that they're going to start the construction of a fifth terminal. Uh, United took delivery of its first A321neo in Hamburg, Germany. Uh, these, these planes will be delivered between 2028 and 2030. Uh, United is excited to have the new A321neo in their, in their fleet. It's going to push them. Uh, they're going to rely on this A321neo a lot for their narrow body, uh, services. Uh, they had like, uh, a small order. They have now a hundred plus on order. So we can see how they up the order on the A321 Neo. Uh, this plane will be flying out of Chicago to Phoenix and Fort Lauderdale. (coughs) And, um, so, yeah, uh, they're they're just flying it to get the crew uh, used to the new narrow body that um, yeah. they will be flying. Also, American, um, flying out of Charlotte, American has added three daily flights to London, and they have added uh, the Madrid to a year-round service, which was only a seasonal service. Okay. That was operated added... by the 200 ER or the 300 ER? Uh, American only flies the 777-200ER out of Charlotte. Okay. Uh, As we know, American flies their heavies into certain airports. Certain airports, uh, like Miami, will get the 787 and the 777-200 and 300, where certain airports, like Philadelphia International, only gets the uh, 787-8 and 9. Charlotte only gets the 777-200. Uh, as we see at Seattle Tacoma, they only get the triple seven two hundred. So you know, American tends to you know divide their 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 heavies to where they want to fly them to.
0: Yeah, it's kind of you know, I think one reason why they do it is you know you have the two hundred ER and that's a little bit shorter than three hundred ER, and typically when you're bringing you know they when they land from you know Se- London to Seattle. There still are a couple of 300 ERs, and getting you know these long, big planes in there, and get it gets kind of tight in there. So it's just, I feel like it's easier um, for them to just use a 200 ER. Also, capacity there's probably you know there's enough demand for you know the triple seven uh, to be operated on the London to Seattle route and Seattle London route, um, but not enough people to fly aircraft as big as the 300 ER.
1: Yeah, I agree with that, uh, but I also agree that if they're going to add three three daily flights, then they they might as well bring in the at least one triple seven three hundred ER. Uh, that would mean that there's capacity if they're adding, right flights. My only thing is,
0: Charlotte isn't like the biggest airport, um, and like there's not that much international traffic coming in from other airlines other than, like, Lufthansa, um, is there, there's American, I'm not too familiar with, uh, Charlotte, is there more just Lufthansa that flies into there, or is that the only, I mean, I know Air Canada, but they don't count, they only, they fly the the little guys in there.
1: No, the the only real international flights, and the only heavies that fly into, uh, into Charlotte would be Lufthansa and American, and then of course yeah. you get FedEx and, uh, amazon
0: yeah it's kind of like portland <clears throat> portland the biggest aircraft that i see that they get that is you know international is for passenger service is the triple seven 200 er from british airways and they also get the a330 neo but uh a330 neo is more comparable with the 787-10 there's just you know some airports are built different and, you know, trying to fit a bigger aircraft into a smaller aircraft, you know, airport, it's just, you know, becomes tight. So they want to try to fly the biggest aircraft they can, but not create a lot of chaos on the ground. That's, um, that's how I understand it.
1: And that would be a very good understanding.
0: So, John, I know that you and I love our coffee, um, coffee. Uh, is, you know, what we drink to, you know, wake ourselves up. Um, so those of you who, you know, have been listening to this podcast know that I'm a bit of Alaska Airlines uh, fanboy. Um, so Alaska Airlines has come out with a new coffee, well, has found a new coffee blend that actually tastes better than, I mean, in the, the air. Airline is partnering with Stumptown Coffee for it, for a new in service blend. As someone gets higher in the air, and I'm talking about flying, not getting high, like, you know, their their taste buds react differently to different foods. The air gets incredibly dry at cruising altitude or around 30,000 feet above sea level. Additionally, atmospheric pressure also drops significantly at the altitude The combination of both of these factors can reduce the sensitivity of taste buds for passengers. Specifically, the (laughs) taste buds sensitivity to salty and sweet foods can be reduced by nearly 30%. So Alaska Airlines has decided to take a step against bland tasting foods and drinks when passengers are at cruising altitude. The airlines brought Stumptown Coffee in to create a coffee blend with a favor profile created for taste buds at high altitudes. The chief executive officer for Alaska Airlines, Ben, said that um, Ben spoke about the new coffee partnership, saying, Having flown millions of miles, fueled by countless cups of coffee, Stumptown stands as out as first class. Like travel, coffee has a remarkable way of bringing. People together. I can't wait for our guests and employees to enjoy a cup of stump town when flying with us. And personally, I've had you know coffee on Alaska Airlines and you know multiple other airlines, and it just it's kind of it has like a bitter like burnt taste. It just doesn't taste that great. It doesn't taste like coffee at all. It's you know not the you know the greatest tasting stuff at all. Uh, but with Latam Airlines, when I flew with them back in April, their coffee was amazing. Um, John, I don't know if you have more to talk about before I go on.
1: Um, no, I don't have. nothing else. Okay. So, John,
0: so we all dream about what we will do as, you know, when we get older, when we're in our prime years. And a 75-year-old gentleman um, who was a Dallas resident, Harvey Brown, um was soaring through the skies at thirty thirty eight thousand 38,000 feet in a stylish recognizable uniform, um, with all the pre-packaged peanuts you can eat. He can, could eat and hasn't, and hasn't dreamed about working in the aviation at some has, I kind of messed that up. I apologize. Um, so this, yeah, this gentleman for uh, some time had, a. Uh, been dreaming about becoming you know a cabin crew and uh um southwest airlines you know as i mentioned had a guy named harvey brown 75 year old gentleman um who was helping cabin crew hand out snacks in july southwest airlines invited brown back for an exclusive mini training session at the low-cost carriers headquarters Brown was met with a little red carpet reception with Southwest airlines, giving him the opportunity to try a simulation flight to New York and kidding, kidding him out in the iconic blue and Navy Southwest airlines uniform. I have links available in the show notes. Um, so you can watch a video on that. Um, Talking about Southwest, Southwest has unveiled a troll livery on their seven thirty seven seven hundred. Um, a link is also in the description for that, so you can go check that out yourselves. So Boeing is gonna um, be partnering with United Airlines and NASA to test sustainable aviation fuel with um, with a you know an undelivered Max ten. Now, some of you might be wondering what is SAF? SAF is uh, sustainable aviation fuel, as you know, as I mentioned, and uh, it's like cooking oil and it's all this different stuff, natural gas, and it's supposed to reduce carbon emissions. Um, I know multiple airlines, um, even Airbus, has a goal to. Uh, minimize carbon emissions by the year of 2050. So we'll see what happens with that. We'll definitely keep our eyes um, open to see what happens with uh, test flights with uh, the Max 10 and uh, SAF. So there's, you know, a lot that we, you know, we covered in this episode. And mm-hmm. uh, so far, I don't you know have anything else to talk about so um john this i think has been a great episode and uh, something i think i need to cover is that both you and i have you know mics now so it should make the podcast sound a lot better
1: yeah i'm hoping it does
0: yeah so um i'm just looking for some other things to uh talk about um I might go back to uh, United Airlines, who uh, they just uh, took their first A321neo. Um, I wanted to kind of talk about their fleet. So currently their fleet consists of the A320, A319, and uh, they have, you know, the majority of the aircraft, you know, are Boeing aircraft. So this is going to be their uh, third um, Airbus aircraft in their fleet. Um, the most modern Airbus aircraft, seen as their all their other Airbus aircraft are quite old, um, so it's definitely cool to see them. You know, start out. You know, they're gonna. You know, this whole A three hundred and twenty one neo aircraft is set to overhaul its short and medium haul operations as it begins to phase out its oldest A three hundred and twenty and A three hundred and nineteen narrow narrow bodies. Now, I listen. I um, for. exactly where I heard this Um, but uh, somebody talked to United and kind of brought up the whole thing about them and their A350 and they refused to talk about it and you know I know you, you and I John have been you know saying that yeah we don't think that aircraft is ever gonna be in United's livery and don't ever think it's gonna fly with the airline and them you know not wanting to talk about it and just kind of you know walking away from that comet just kind of, you know, lets us know that the aircraft isn't too important to them. So we'll definitely see what happens. So this has been episode two hundred and twenty. Wanna thank you for listening. Until next time, fly safe.